if you're not really giving your best to your family who that you care about, because you know, my why was, oh, well, I want to do these things early so I can spend time with family in the afternoons, right? But if you're doing it and giving your tired self, you know, towards the end of the day to your family versus like the fresh self towards the beginning of the day in the morning, then what's the point of that? So since that day or since I read that that part that really resonated with me. So every time he told me that he was going to walk, I would no matter what, drop what I'm doing and go walk. You have the knowledge, the experience and the talent needed to succeed. But in the day and age we live in, skill is not enough. Your story is the most powerful tool in your arsenal. This show will help you tap into that resource and learn how to leverage your message to gain deeper influence and build a lasting legacy. Tune in each week as thought leaders, entrepreneurs, and authors share how they built empires on the backs of their story. You're listening to Stories That Sell with your host, Scott Ramage. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Stories That Sell. I am um, honored to have, I would say, a new friend of mine <laughs> on the show, uh, Dr. Ann Soong. I hope I said that right. Uh, she came to me uh, for some needs in the VA world, and uh, we've, we've talked a lot, and I'm super excited for her to come on and share some awesome knowledge. Welcome to the show, Ann. And why don't you go ahead and start by giving yourself uh, a little uh, intro. Okay. Thank you so much, Scott, for having me on the show. Um, I moved here to the U.S. when I was nine years old, went through medical school and became a physician in emergency medicine. And then subsequently, I did a fellowship in critical care medicine at Barnes-Jewish. And after that, did another two-year fellowship uh, aerospace medicine at University of Texas Medical Branch. So uh, after that, I was hired on and finally achieved my dreams uh, that I've set, my goal that I've set for about 14 years uh, to become a NASA flight surgeon. So what that means is that I'm the physician for astronauts and I work on projects at NASA to get people to the moon and onto the space station. And then at the same time, I am also a real estate investor and also a peak performance coach in terms of maximal productivity, efficiency, which we'll talk about here, and also to reach peak performance and fulfillment at the same time, because there's no point in reaching peak performance if you're not fulfilled and balanced in your life. And uh, I have a beautiful six-month-old son, and my husband is a software engineer who is amazingly supportive. So that's like my story in a nutshell. And I'm located in Houston, Texas. <laughs> you are a superhuman. Like I first met you and you're like, yeah, I'm a doctor. I mean, I figured it out. And then you're like, and NASA, and I coach, and I do real estate. I'm like, what don't you do? And the it was, it's been really fun to watch as I've worked with you, watch you, you know, leverage, human leverage as well. Like, you know, but also like understanding that you're into productivity. I am too. And um, I nerd out on it. And I think we're going to have a little nerd fest. But the beautiful part of that is the fact that what what you're going to talk about here, like listeners, this will change your life. This is seriously impactful, important stuff. So, Anne, you wanted to be, um, how long did you want to be a doctor? 
Uh, I think the physician route came on when I was in high school, though I knew I wanted to work alongside, you know, with the space um, medicine route, uh, probably nine years old. Um, And then also in medical school, I said, uh, whatever specialty I decide to go into, I wanted to contribute to NASA. So essentially, I think I believe at 19 years old was when I told myself, like, I'm going to go work for NASA, doesn't matter, specialty. And then 14 years later, that's when I got it. Wow. So what was it about NASA? Like, I mean, you moved to the U.S. and and NASA was like the first thing you noticed or what happened that really got you tuned into that? I think when I moved to the U.S., it was uh, to Houston. Yes, exactly. Okay. I was nine years old, went to the Space Center Houston. And even when I was little, um, like probably five years old, my mom bought me uh, uh, encyclopedias, a, 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 uh, like books, like series of books. And one of them talked about the planetary system, the astronauts, it was just amazing. So I'd always been intrigued by it and wanted to be a part of something that is bigger and amazing and, and innovative. Yeah. And I love the story. We're not going to get too into it, but I love it because you made a decision, right? And that's a really lofty goal. Did you, were you always have this, did you always have this like innate, like drive and belief that you would get there that most people struggle with just the belief that they can do the things that they really dream that they can do? Like, was this an inbred thing? Did your parents, or, excuse me, was this kind of something you were born with or did your parents instill this you, with you or a combination or what? Um, I think the foundation was from my mother. I wouldn't mm-hmm. be here without my mother. She was, there were, my parents were divorced when I was born. Um, so I was just a baby. I've never uh, met my father. I've never, I don't remember what he looks like. And she was a businesswoman. She started her own CPA company in Taiwan. She brought me here on her own. She was a single mother all the way through uh, until recently she remarried. So she always had the mindset that, you know, just because she's a woman doesn't mean that she can't uh, accomplish things. So she was always very independent. She taught me to be independent, not depend on anyone. So I think I I got that from her for sure. And then just kind of throughout life, for some reason, I just always took action and micro steps and I always was able to, you know, hit my goals. Uh, and I think that just it's positive reinforcement after each goal's hit, each goal's hit. And now to the point where, and I think anyone, for anybody listening to this show, if you have enough coaching resources and if you, you know, put in enough time, then you will get to where you want to go, no matter what happens. Yeah, that's so true. And I've been talking a lot lately on my own content about playing the long game. And this over when we look at people like you, who are, who's so incredibly successful, or someone who's really making impact, it looks it may look like overnight success, but it's um, just really a lot of effort and a lot of time and, and going through the process. So you obviously are process driven. Um, you don't become, you know, involved in NASA and a physician and a coach, um, and and a podcast. I forgot to mention that. Yes. (laughs) And a podcast host and uh, an, an investor, uh, without putting in a lot of time and effort. And, um, I, I just always like to really reiterate that if you will it um so let's i i actually want to dive right into productivity because i do not want to waste time because i love talking about this stuff but i'm guessing that you saw a need from this very early on with all of your aspirations and the things that you accomplished when did you really start to get dialed in on 
like, okay, how do I make the best of my time? How do I leverage every moment I have? Uh, surprisingly, it, I thought it was a little too late. I think back then in college and in medical school, even through training, a lot of times we're just trying to survive. <laughs> and uh, we weren't taught how to learn. We weren't taught how to goal set and to zoom out and set, you know, 90, you know, to even figure out your purpose first, your, 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 like, what is your final blueprint? And then zoning in down from, you know, one year, 90 days to 30 days to weekly to daily. We were never taught that. And it was only through um, probably since my aerospace medicine fellowship that I really got dialed in and very interested in this. And that also when I went through the Tony Robbins uh, conference as well in 2017, I got exposed to even more amazing ideas on productivity, measure what matters, do what matters, automate, eliminate, and delegate. So I would say it's been um, probably a five-year journey for me, five to seven-year journey. And it did never, it didn't start with, you know, the entire routine we're going to talk about, it never, it didn't start, you know, with the whole setup. It was only one habit, trialing it out, adding on another habit, just stacking, essentially. Habit stacking is so incredibly powerful. A lot of people, like my morning routine that I do, like non-negotiables, is literally three hours long. But it's not like I started with three hours. And it's not like, but I can, I can end my day at that three hours, be like, I accomplished, I'm, I'm happy. I made my goals for the day, but people are like, well, what the heck? How'd you do that? I'm like a lot of time and starting small and that habit stacking is so incredibly important. My mentor for um, my productivity and, and systems uh, had been working on it for years and um, almost all of it was influenced by Tony Robbins. Like this guy obviously put a real big impact into the world. Um, where, what was it like before you had those systems in place? Hey, before we get started, imagine having a team of virtual assistants helping you out with everything from scheduling appointments, nurturing leads, processing payments, sending out marketing emails, creating content, managing your social media accounts, and so much more. The Ace for Gyms is here to make sure your business runs as smoothly as possible so that you can focus on what matters most serving your clients. We offer a wide range of services that will completely run your business and give you the one thing everyone is limited on, more time. Check out our website at www.vasforgyms.com. That's V-A-S-F-O-R gyms.com and book an appointment to find out more. Oh my gosh, it was... It was drinking coffee all the way until, you know, nighttime, not knowing that the half-life was six hours. It was waking up, rushing out, being reactive, uh, trying to get to uh, the, the hospital on time to start rounds or pre-rounds at 6 a.m. for handover. And uh, it's just like a very reactive, stressful routine that, and I never learned how to be proactive until later on in life. So after I became, you know, starting to meditate as well, so becoming less reactive that way. So, you know, productivity actually has to do a lot with uh, being able to avoid distractions or to resist distractions to be, and I will talk about like dopamine desensitization. So you're not, you know, uh, I, my phone is like in grayscale. So, so like, and then the color is not there at all. Um, so 
And just being able to not let things bother you with meditation. If something comes on, it doesn't bother you. You're not reacting to it so that you can just focus on what matters. Yeah, it's like down-regulating, doing all sorts of, like there's all sorts of tricks. I learned once, like there's a setting on your, on iPhones, you can click the um, power button three times and it goes grayscale. And so like, I have this like, boom, boom, boom. Okay. It's grayscale. And it's crazy. You're not interested in the thing anymore. You're like, eh, whatever. <laughs> There's no colors flaring at you. Like even little tricks like that are, are really impactful. I remember before I was, um, kind of dialed in, it was always the reactive is the big word, right? Like someone would send me something like, oh my gosh. And I do it right then I'm a doer. So I just get everything done and just like always on. Like just always on because if if it didn't get done now, it wasn't good enough for me. And it was just boom, 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 boom. And then one day my mentor said, I want you to write down everything you do. And I did that for a while. He said, now like two weeks later, he's like, let's look at your list. He's like, how much of that could you have not done? I'm like, well, that project, they decided they didn't want that done. And that he's like, you could have saved yourself like two, three days of your life with things that you didn't do because you're, you're reactive to everything. And I was like, wow, that's impactful. So let's talk about how you have created a system. I'd love to hear, um, you know, some of the non-negotiables that you do to make your day, um, right. You know, obviously you mentioned, um, meditation, which getting in the right one breathing's huge for me and also getting in the right mind frame and also, all sorts of stuff, but I want to hear about yours. So what are some of the the things that you have implemented? Let's, let's just dive right in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can first talk about routines probably. And I can also then talk about tech setup after that. So uh, a lot of this is also influenced by Steve Kotler's uh, Flow Zero to Dangerous course that I took. Uh, it took about eight weeks, pretty intensive. And I've implemented a lot of his tactics as well that you'll hear. So really, the most important thing for you to be productive the day is starts a night prior, actually. So if you have if you don't have like a wind down journal or something like that or end of day journal i would suggest you getting one or there should be a one for the day one for the night for reflection and a lot of times the night before you're already writing down the top three priorities that you have to get done for the day. And I have the saying uh, from actually Brendan Burchard, done by one. So three tasks done by one. So the top three things that you would like to accomplish the following day that's actually going to move the needle. And before this, you would have already said like your primary goal, you know, down the line, like the five freedoms, financial freedom, health freedom, et cetera. You would have said that already. So everything that you're doing would be moving the needle towards that goal. And if you have, say, for example, a slide that you want to read, review or a PDF that you want to review, you will have those already open, ready to go on your laptop so that you're not going into your email or and your um, your to just basically don't get connected to anything. Just have it open, ready to go for the morning. So I would say start with that. And then in the morning, you know, what's really funny, I used to do my morning routine, which is cold shower, uh, meditation, morning journal, and then I dive into the three tasks. Since I took Steve Kotler's class on Zero to Dangerous on Achieving Flow State, uh, it's quite amazing. Uh, What I switched to is actually wake up, cold shower. I still do it because I don't like doing it. So I still do it to get it out of the way. But sometimes there's something called sleep to flow. 
So you get up, go use the restroom, have a drink of water, and you go straight to your computer ready to go before cold shower, before meditation, before journaling, because you would have already journaled the night before on what you need to get done. And I will say that that switch completely changed how, like it basically supercharged my productivity. I had 10 slides, 10 PowerPoints I had to review. And I told myself, okay, maybe I would take, um, I don't know, two slides a week because I have other items I have to do. So maybe it'll take me like a month to finish those slides. And since I trialed out that tactic, that tactic, you can have a full flow day. There's a flow cycle of 60 to 90 minutes, break for 30, and then flow again, maybe 30 to 60 or 90. There's the ultradian you know, rhythm. You have a high rhythm, low rhythm, 60 to 90 minutes throughout the day. So you follow that ultradian rhythm throughout the day. And so that's what I did. I woke up. I went straight to my desk. I had all 10 slides open, ready to go. And I just like, boom, 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 two, three slides already done before like eight o'clock. And then I went to my cold shower and I did my meditation as my break. So that's the release of the flow cycle when you are intensely focused and you have to release. That's your break. Go back, another flow cycle, boom, boom. But anyway, long story short, I finished what I thought would take a month and a day. So essentially you can finish what you need to do within a month, a lot of times just full immersion and finish in one day. So that's like a rough idea of the routines. Yeah, that's it. That's real interesting. So what I've learned is that as many different people you read through routines, as many different routines you're going to, you're going to see. Um, I studied Brendan Burchard's stuff, did a lot of that, uh, a bunch of people. And I tried a bunch of people's things and then I kind of created my own. I have tried that flow state like that early morning. And there was several things that I learned through that. It was one, I can be incredibly productive first thing out of the gates, but two, there's this place. And I'd like to hear what you have to say about this. There's this place where my, my values almost didn't align with that. And I think that's maybe more like a cycle, a circle of life, like, like where you're at in your life span for me, it was like, okay, like if I value my wife more than I value work, I need to give her something before I dive into work. And so I've been playing with that and I've kind of found like the sweet spot. Um, and, and I think what you have is incredibly powerful. I know it's incredibly effective. Um, I just struggled with it. I struggled with like going straight to work and then being like, well, my family is so much more important to me, but we're different stages of our family as well. Like that's, uh, that also plays a big role. Um, I personally, I do want to talk about this really soon. I don't open email, uh, social media, or anything with notifications for at least an hour after I get up. Like I do not allow, I do everything to avoid dopamine um, so that I'm not conditioning myself for that. And I know uh, a lot of people like, in fact, somebody asked the other day, it was this Facebook post and there was tons of answers. What's the first thing you do? Like 90% of the people, oh, I look at social media or I look at my work emails. I'm like, wow, talk about a way to sabotage your own day. <laughs> Let's dive into that a little bit. I, um, how do you keep those things out of your, your life? At, you know, how are you intentional about, around those? Yeah, I can also, before that, to backtrack a bit, I can relate with what you're talking about in terms of productivity and family. And I actually went through that because mm-hmm. – 
a lot of times I'm in the zone, I'm in flow, and I'm like, I just have one more task to be done, and then it's like 8 a.m., and then, you know, my husband wakes up a little later, he walks the dog, and before that, he would ask me, do you want to go walk? I was like, no, no, I'm in the middle of this. I got to do this. I'm almost done. No, you go. <laughs> and then, and then uh, I read another book. I think it was The Perfect Day Formula or The Perfect mm-hmm. Week Formula formula. So one of those books, and it did talk about, you know, if you're not really giving your best to your family who that you care about, because, you know, my why was, oh, well, I want to do these things early so I can spend time with family in the afternoons, right? But if you're doing it and giving your tired self, you know, towards the end of the day to your family versus like the fresh self towards the beginning of the day in the morning, then what's the point of that? So since that day or since I read that that part that really resonated with me. So every time he told me that he was going to walk, I would no matter what, drop what I'm doing and go walk, which is great. It's a great way to because we what we live love by that. the water. <laughs> I, yeah, I love that because you you you've integrated like one, you've you've taken several things and built them into what works for you. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, regarding how to perform dopamine desensitization, so essentially just be like a dopamine ninja where you're not affected or just like super zen, essentially. So what I've done, so the laptop and phone, I actually have all notifications off, like Mm -hmm. everything's off, 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 like zero notifications. And I have everything that is I have an inbox, um, inbox. Um, I guess on the iPhone, something called inbox, so that everything that's in like message, uh, email, uh, WhatsApp, uh, Facebook Messenger, everything goes into that inbox, and it's on the last page of my phone, so I never see it when I go to my homepage, and I only check it. I would say two to three times a day. I never usually get notifications and if people want to call me, um, I have people who, that are set that, you know, when they call me, it'll go through. It's usually always on silent and I have a work phone that people can get a hold of me on my work phone uh, all the time. So my personal phone is always on silent, all notifications off, and I only check it two or three times a day, that inbox area when I'm ready. And before that, I'm working on my top three tasks that move the needle for the day. And when I'm working, also, I put my phone, personal phone, uh, outside. So I'm not even like looking at it because a lot of times just even looking at it, you're distracted and you want to check it. So in the very beginning, when I was more distractible, it's usually in the dining room. Well, I, I can be, I can attest to that. I have actually, I think I've even talked to my wife about this. I know when you're going to respond or, or send a message to me. Like I, the, the patterns are very, I mean, it's very noticeable. Like, oh, um, and so I love that because you saying that it's very clear to me that you have very strict systems. And I told my wife, I'm like, oh, she always, this is when she's active. <laughs> so it's, it's really funny. Like I, I know if I have her question for her, she has a question for me. This is when the interaction is going to start. And, um, and so I, I, you noticed my, my time. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I've even talked to my wife about it because I, um, you know, I have multiple people in my life that are like that. And I, I work really hard at being like that. I'm, I'm a little too reactive, but what I have personally done is I have an Apple watch. I love the Apple watch for biometrics. I watch my biometrics like crazy. It doesn't tell me anything. People are like, why do you have such an expensive watch and you don't have any notifications? You don't have tags. I'm like, cause I don't want it. I don't want to know. I don't need things coming through on my wrist. 
what I have on here is I have a system for capturing and I'm curious if you do. So anytime an idea comes to my mind, instead of trying to hold that, that's like another tab open on your computer, right? Like it starts to slow your RAM down. Your computer starts to operate slow. So anytime there's an open thing in my brain, I dump it. So I have on my watch, um, I'll say, I won't say it. It's that, hey, person that you can say, and, and, I'll, and I'll say, add to things, and then I'll drop it in there. And it goes into a filing system for me. Like every single idea, every like, oh my gosh, I forgot. Oh, or So even if I go on a walk and everything is turned off, which I do every single day, I have a way to capture thoughts, ideas, um, things that I'm remembering, like the oh my gosh moments, so that they aren't captivating my mind. Do you have a capture system for information and ideas? How do you deal with all of that? Actually, I started a Trello a long time ago before I hired the VA from you. I have my personal Trello and I've gone through multiple iterations of Trello too. I have, uh, have say, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And I've done that before where Monday is usually a finance check or like Tuesday is like a podcast day or like Saturday is like me day and nothing scheduled, et cetera. And I will categorize uh, various things into those days. Mm-hmm. I've also have something where... Uh, Urgent, non-urgent, you know, the Eisenhower matrix, like, you know, I could say done tomorrow for sure and ideas or this is not urgent, but it would be fun to like explore things like that. So I've gone through multiple iterations like that, but Trello is where I put ideas and to-dos like that. Very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I always wonder what people do. Um, you know, do they have sticky notes everywhere? Because you walk into someone's office. Wow. Okay. I know. And, you know, it's kind of left to left a chance that it's not going to fly away. Um, and someone so systemized like you, I'm always curious what you've done, but, uh, have you ever used boomerang as well to remind you of certain things? No, no, uh, I don't even know anything about it. It's a, it's something you can install in Gmail. Well, so uh, well, a little bit more on the tech side, uh, for your laptop. So I, again, don't have any notifications in my email. I also don't open my email until I'm ready, usually in the afternoons. And I don't schedule any calls or meetings until the afternoons as well. Uh, morning is very protected. And when I go into my email, I installed something called Inbox When Ready. So what that is, is that when you, I don't know if you have experience with it, but what that is, is when you open your Gmail, it's blank. There are no messages at all. Because a lot of times what you're trying to do is send a message. You want to uh, reach out to somebody, not, re- not receive, not react. And then you start reacting to everything that's like there. And you want to start deleting things. At least I do. So mm-hmm. since I installed Inbox When Ready, it's just blank. And if I need to uh, draft a new email or find somebody a specific email, I just type it in search. And that's the only thing that pops up. So that's huge. And then number two is... Um, uh, boomerang. So boomerang is something where it reminds me to follow up in three days or in a month. Or if there's a task that's coming at me in the email, say I had to renew my DEA license, but it's not due in 30 days or 60 days. And I just, you install it and just says, return this to the inbox in like 45 days or something like that. So it takes another, it even takes it off of your to-do list in a way, yep. like having to remind yourself, it automatically does the reminder for you. Yeah. So I use a, a, a very, a very um, similar system and all my ideas go into an inbox. I can forward all my emails to an inbox and then I can categorize them, date them, and it'll pop up on that day. That way your to-do list isn't like a 400 miles long. It's only what you've categorized for that day. 
and it's very interesting that you talk about preparing the night before because you know review your calendar for the next day review what's happening talk about your find out your top three must get dones and plan and that is such an incredible like tool but using things like boomerang and this inbox when ready i really like that one i think i'm going to do that one because you can, we all know that task switching like if you go in to write an email you are literally task switching as soon as you start reading emails and that productivity level just dive bombs from that moment on and that is that's next level i love that what other tools do you use Uh, I don't have the name right now. Uh, I will look it up and send it off to you for your audience for the the show notes. Though something I installed in Facebook, instead of your feed showing up when you log in, because I, sometimes I have to go in there and actually post and things like mm-hmm. that. But instead of all the feeds that people post, it shows up an inspirational quote in your feed, and that's it. And wow. so if you want to see it, then you see it. But if not, then you're not distracted by it. So that's another thing that I use. Uh, we talked about grayscale. So after this, if you want to try out the dopamine, dopamine desensitization, you can set your shortcut of the triple click on the left of the iPhone. And then you can just set it to color and then uh, select grayscale. And just, you know, a lot of times people are like, why is your laptop red? Why is your phone gray? It's because it's for productivity. That's why. Yeah. And for sleep. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so those are the, some of the major like tech, I would say. And we can talk about like maybe the, another way of dopamine desensitization, like sensory deprivation uh, float takes. I do want to. It's so interesting. I was telling you, I'm listening to a book right now. Um, it's like F your feelings. And it's been incredible. And it's a lot of information I, I hear over and over again. I, I need to hear things over and over again. But he's he basically at one point says like, it will change your world. Like the, the you know, like theta waves or theta or something, you probably could speak to that. So let's talk about sensory deprivation tanks. Yes. Yeah. And uh, another one more thing before that regarding dopamine desensitization. So also what I've done before is on Sundays, no tech. So uh, I've gone tech free for 30 plus hours before. And usually nothing happens, like no emergencies happen. I tell people Imagine to call that. my husband. <laughs> yeah, I tell people to call my husband if they need to reach me, but otherwise like Sunday, no tech day. So, um, and then the, the recovery, the most amazing self-care recovery tactic I have ever discovered or I've ever tried is sensory deprivation tank. And also you can say float tank or it's like a full Epsom salt uh, in there and so much to the point where you're floating like you're in the Dead Sea and you're in a pod or it can be a square structure and you're in there, just go in your birthday suit and you just float there for about 60 minutes or you can do 90 minutes. So the science behind that is that when you're not bombarded by all of these like stimulations, there's no gravity, there's no sound, there's no taste, there's no vision or eyesight at all. And you're not really feeling anything because you're floating in a way. So you can feel the water. But once you get into the state, you're just kind of like you relax and you just breathe. And so you go from, you know, high beta state, the brain waves where it's really fast, focused, and you drop to a little slower to alpha. Mm. And a lot of times I sit there sometimes, uh, but you can also drop a little bit to theta. And when you don't have the stimulations Uh, going all around you, your brain is able to go within 
connect their subconscious. And that's when you have those like aha moments. And sometimes you go into Delta and you just go to sleep too. That's fine. Cause that just means you're tired. Um, and I've done many, many things in there where like I've come up with eight weeks of productivity course or human optimization course. I've done a whole mind map in my head. And after the tank session, then I go in and I, I just like drew it all out. I've Essentially, the tank is like my thinking time. Keith Cunningham mm -hmm. talks about thinking time, like scheduling time to think. And a lot of times we don't have time to do that. So the tank is my thinking time. I do six-phase meditation by Vishen Lakiani in there too, which gets me, gets me to the point where if I need to do some forgiveness, some gratitude or forgiveness of myself, I do that in there. Um, and I do, I, sometimes I go to sleep, but a lot of times you can also practice Olympic weightlifting or any sort of sports and athletic sports in there because it'll fire the same neurons. So wow. there's a lot in there. <laughs> wow. I didn't know about that. Um, cause I, I do know you do some Olympic lifting and there's just so much that goes into that. That that's very interesting. I'm incredibly intrigued. Um, how long you been doing that? The sensory deprivation tank, I would say for about two years, I would okay. go once a month. I think ideally I would like to go bi-weekly, uh, wow. but my child is six months. So <laughs> yeah. uh, lately it's been like once a month or once every two months, but I think I'm going to, I'm going to go back and I will go back to bi-weekly because I mean, I would do it three times a week if I could, I would own a tank at home if I could actually, I, so it's just so powerful. The author of this book said something like 1,200 pounds of salt per tank or something ridiculous like that. So it's got to be quite the, the system. Uh, you do cold showers. Have you ever done cold plunging? And then what, like, let's talk about why you do cold showers. Uh, yeah, I haven't done cold plunging. I've done cryo uh, oh, therapy yeah. and I've done just yes, cold showers. I think started after the Tony Robbins conference, I believe either, uh, I think it was Unleash the Power Within uh, 2017. That's when we started the cold shower routine. And the reason I do it is because number one, uh, there's multiple reasons. Uh, number one, it gets you to be so confident that you've over, already overcome the one challenge of the day and really mm -hmm. the rest of the day is easy. You've already, uh, it's not, you're not motivated. You're disciplined to do this. And so it's, it is very different. And so you've already overcome that. And when the shower is really cold, it secretes like all the uh, dopamine, epinephrine. And when I do my cold shower, I'm dancing. So I blast like uh, music and I'm dancing for two minutes, brushing my teeth, wow. but dancing in the cold shower and pumping my fist. So it gets me into state ready to go. I'm like so pumped when I come out in two minutes. So pumped to do the task of the day, get you focused as well. And also there are benefits that show that cold showers can uh, essentially induce autophagy. So uh, all of your damaged dead cells, they basically will eat themselves and uh, repair and also all the mitochondria or the energy creating system in your cells. Also, you know, the bad ones go away and then the, the good ones, they ramp up and become stronger. That's basically yeah, the summary of it. Yeah, it's incredible. Um, my wife and I do cold showers. Uh, you know, she was so not for it, but then she started lo looking at the real science. She's like, oh, okay, yeah, <laughs> I need to do those. And I'm like, oh no, because I hate them so much. One thing I have noticed as a fellow Texan, 
it's harder to get it cold in the summer. It's like, come on, let's go. <laughs> and in and in the winter, it's pretty good. I have a really good friend who does uh, ice or cold water immersion. He lives in Alberta and he has his tank outside and he literally has to break it open, break it with an ax every morning. And he gets in, he does these TikTok videos and they banned him for being so dangerous. He's doing dangerous things. And he does these videos every day of him in his ice bath. It's insane. He's like, oh, it was negative 40 today. I'm like, and you got in a ice bath? He's like, yeah, it was awesome. It took me a long time to break it. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Wow, so, that's another level for sure. It's it's totally another level. But 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 they both. Uh, he told me he's like, I think it's easier than doing cold showers because you have that moving water over you. You don't create that little. Anyway, uh, it's it's amazing what the human body can do. Yeah, How, I agree. <laughs> let's talk about uh, like we're we're a little short on time, but. Um, I've been really digging into sleep and how that affects my performance. I've been tracking sleep like for a long time. What do you do? And do, is that something you pay close attention to? Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I am the ultimate like sleep master until the baby came. <laughs> when the baby <laughs> right. came, I'm trying to still adjust, but that's yeah. life, right? That's okay. Yeah. Uh, but I, I no affiliations. Like I don't have financial benefits, you know, with the company. But I do use the Oura Ring, O U R A. Yep. Yep. To track my sleep, and if you want to see my sleep hacks, just Google UTMB resident uh, Antarctica. I uh, collaborated with a Oura company to take their Oura Ring to Antarctica and to kind of test it and see how my sleep has been affected while being in Antarctica and the cold climate and in higher altitude in the South Pole. So you can take a look at that. And at the end, I have all the sleep tips too. So wow. For me, yes, I have blue blockers for, I have light blue blockers for just a few hours before bed. I have intense blue block blockers by True Dark um, for like an hour before bed. And of course, uh, you know, the F-Lux installed on my laptop the, the phone as well. It's going to uh, be yellow towards the end of the night. And then uh, no eating, absolutely no eating two, three hours before bed. I mean, sometimes, of course, I do. I know what's going to happen to me based on the aura. Like, you know that your heart rate is going to stay elevated. The blood flow is going to go to your gut instead of repairing your brain and the rest of your body, If you and especially if you do lifting or any sort of other workout. And also, another thing is, so no eating, no blue lights. You tape all the blue lights from any electronics or gadgets like that's in your bedroom. No TV in the bedroom. The bedroom lights are dimmed to a red or purple-ish towards the night. Blackout curtains, of course. And we have white white uh, sound machines too, or white noise machines. Oh, yeah. um, and then, so... I also track how much deep sleep I get and how much REM sleep I get. And I don't know if a lot of people know this, but you get most of your deep sleep the first half of your night, and then you get your REM sleep towards the second half of your night. So what that means is that if you go to sleep too late, you may not get enough uh, deep. If you wake up too early, you may not get enough REM. And for me, I need two and a half hours of deep and about an hour and a half of RAM to be completely optimized. But everybody may be different. And that's why you have to measure your sleep in order to, to figure out what your needs are and what's optimal for you. I tell people to treat it like a science experiment, like start tracking and then, you know, eat a little later and see what happens. You will notice immediately like, whoa, like 
that or and then you can uh, what I've done is I've been doing this so long I've I've come down to like what foods after what times like like if I do carbs like after five I don't sleep well at all but it took me Mm -hmm. a lot of time to really nail that down and like figure out each little element I use a um I use I use my watch to track but I also have uh, a bed mattress topper called eight sleep have you heard of that and so it's a, it has each side is AI controlled, water cooling and water heating, and it adjusts over time with your sleep cycles. So it tracks um, HRV, it tracks your REM sleep, it tracks your biometrics, and I compare it with my. So I have all the biometrics from that, all the biometrics from my my um, my watch, and they're they're pretty accurate. I mean, they're pretty on with each other. And, um, it's just amazing. I would highly encourage people to check out the not eating after a certain time. It's massively impactful to sleep. Yeah. Um, And yeah, go ahead. The, the productivity actually has to do with what you eat as well. So you, you, this is a really, really good segue. I know exactly when I'm going to get food coma and I know exactly what not to, what to eat if I want to be productive. So I have been I've gone through all kinds of things. I have gone through low fat, um, normal carb, you know, eating white rice, you know, coming from Asia. Uh, I cut out white rice and all uh, carbs, uh, white carbs, except for vegetables since I would say 2014. So it's been about eight years or so. I've gone through high protein, low fat, and now I'm in uh, moderate protein, uh, low carb, high fat currently for probably the past, um, at least since 2017. So at least five years. And, uh, I used to, I mean, I had this, uh, glucose monitor, the Dexcom that would track my glucose response, my sugar response to each type of food for many years. Each time I felt food coma symptoms was when I ate something like carbs that spiked up my glucose, my sugar all the way up. And it would take like pizza would shoot it up for four hours and then come down and I'll be up in the 200s. Or sometimes if I eat something that's supposedly keto, uh, you know, in the restaurant and actually come to find out it's actually not keto, they mix in other types of rice flour or right. et cetera. So, you know, what you eat before your productive day is so important for your product, for, for your work, for the afternoon, what you eat for lunch. I'm glad you brought up the glucose monitor because that's when I really started to dial things in. And I found a high protein, high fat diet, like not only with my glucose levels, my blood sugar levels, but I noticed like how I slept. So I was able to, again, treat it like a science experiment, took a lot of time and came down to like, wow, I have to eat, I can eat vegetables, meats, um, you know, high protein. And then the higher the fat, the lower my blood sugar level, but the better I was becoming on my, you know, my body composition was getting better. My sleep was getting better. My mood was better. My productivity was better. Not everybody is dialed the same. And I think that's a really important thing. You're like, I tested these different things. And I mean, I've found what's optimal for me. Sounds like you found what's optimal for you. Um, But I, I love how you approach everything. Like you've got years of data that you're using. Do you, do you help other people dial in these things too? Yeah, yeah, I do actually. I mean, I'm always sharing with everybody what I yeah. do and new tactics uh, that I, you know, I've tested myself or I'm trying. So, um, and I do have a coaching program that allows people to reach their peak 
absolute peak performance, but at the same time, when I say fulfillment, so balance in life, and we talk about efficiency, productivity, Eisenhower matrix, getting like hours, hours, hours back in your week and so that you can spend time with people that you love. So I do do that. And I also, you can go to my podcast. It's not rocketscienceshow.com. I also share all the tips, everything I've learned throughout the past years uh, and interview other people on the same topics as well. Yeah, that's amazing. And I think that's a great segue to uh, close this thing out because you are obviously a ninja when it comes to productivity and, you know, I hate the word biohacking, but really uh, understanding and being proactive about how your body's going to respond and what you do. And I just want to scream it from the hilltops because I know how much your life will improve if you stop running the rat race. Like stop leaving things to ch- to to chance, start doing things by design, your food, your productivity, your dopamine hits, all of that, and um, live with intention. I mean, and obviously your program, you you have a lot of knowledge, so I really appreciate you sharing that with us. Yeah, yeah, of course. And we didn't even touch on intermittent fasting. and Oh, the- my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Longevity. So that's something yeah. if you're interested, take a look at. And, you know, for the audience, please, you know, we talked about micro steps, resilience, taking action. So as we talked about so many things today. And after this, I just want you to go take one action. If that is to set your phone to grayscale, or maybe go to the privacy setting notification setting and just turn off your notifications. Or you can just go to your phone and move everything that could, you know, ping at you to the last page of your phone. Okay. And just decide on the time that you're going to check that. Or right now, Take down the three priorities you're going to do for tomorrow. And that's it. Journal down that. And then uh, you'll see that, you know, with the time that you get back, that you'll be able to actually do the things you love, that you'll be, you can be proactive and not be in such a bad mood and in a rush and just the sense of overwhelm will eventually leave. And thank you, Scott, so much for inviting me onto the show. It's such an honor uh, to share this with your audience. Yeah, thank you. It took me too long to get you on. <laughs> um, so I appreciate it, Anne. And we'll have all the the links and everything that she talks about in the show notes, folks. So make sure you go check that out. And make sure you go check out like all of Anne's stuff. Again, it's in the show notes. So check that out. Um, the more I get to know you, Anne, the more I am a huge fan. So thank you for for downloading into my listeners and my group. I appreciate you very much. Yeah, no, I appreciate you as well. If you guys have any questions, uh, you can contact me at sungandmd at gmail.com. That's T-S-U-N-G-A-N-N-M-D at gmail.com or just go to it's not rocket science show dot com as well. So uh, we didn't even talk to you about your VA, so maybe another episode. So um, thank you, Scott. Yeah. <laughs> appreciate right. thank it. Thank you, and <laughs> Have an amazing day, everybody. And thank you for listening. you for listening to the stories that sell podcast if you appreciated the content on the show be sure to leave a rating and review and subscribe to hear interviews with incredible guests each and every week